You are listening to the Tech Chef Podcast, episode number 35, December 8th, 2020. This show is produced in partnership with Hospitality Technology and Restaurant Technology Network. Smarter hotels, smarter restaurants. Hey, this is Phil Crawford, CTO of CKU Restaurants. I'm here with Skip today of the Tech Chef Podcast. Look forward to a deep dive discussion regarding the QSR industry, drive through and all things tech. Off-premise strategy, business continuity. How about a taste test of restaurant technology? Drive-through or curbside, mobile apps or AI. It's all on the menu. Cook it up for the day. It's a recipe for success. You're in good hands with the tech chef. Make a plan to be your best. Well, welcome back to another episode of The Tech Chef, your go-to weekly resource for new and upcoming technology and innovative strategic approaches to your restaurant, hotel, and hospitality success. I am your host, Skip Kimple, also known as The Tech Chef, and my goal is to bring you innovative content to this show week after week by exploring trending concepts and having well-known thought leaders in our industry speak directly to you. If this is the first time you are listening to the show, thank you so much, as I know there are tens of thousands of other shows you could be listening to, but you chose this one, so thank you. Go ahead and hit that subscribe button so you don't miss a single week of content. I have a very special guest on the show today. Joining me is Phil Crawford. Recently... He joined CKE Restaurants as Chief Technology Officer and is leading CKE's information technology function and building a technology roadmap to transform the company into a technology-forward, data-driven organization that exceeds consumers' evolving expectations. He previously worked for Godiva Chocolatier, where he served as the Global Chief Technology Officer, and prior to that, he served as Chief Information Officer and Head of Technology for Shake Shack. Today, Phil and I are concentrating on the subject of drive through technology and the strategic approaches behind what makes a successful drive through business. This has been a hot topic over the past nine months as some of the most successful restaurants were drive through orientated. And by the way, the drive through revenue stream is not just for QSRs anymore. So sit back, relax, and take it all in. Phil, you are a busy guy, and it is a busy time of year, so thank you for taking the time to talk to me and the listeners here today. Absolutely, my pleasure. Look forward to it, and uh, whatever I can do to, to make this successful, you know I'm here. You've got a very interesting background, actually. I know you just recently joined CKE, but maybe you can tell me a little bit about your background and where you've been and how you ended up at CKE. Sure, Absolutely always been a tech head first and foremost. And even back to my youngest days, I always loved the restaurant and hospitality industry and fell into this, this role and these, these executive roles, just really starting out of, um, out of college and into Southern California with my first concept, which is yard house, which was the, the largest, you know, world's largest selection of draft beer, great food and classic rock with some amazing leadership over there. that eventually was acquired by Darden. And then moved over to a small little concept here in New York City called Shake Shack. 
and headed up technology there and did some amazing things with some amazing restaurateurs and additional leadership, especially from the technology foundational, you know, launching of a, of a, of a rocket ship, as many folks have told me over the years. And then took a little brief direction from, you know, the rest, restaurant and hospitality industry and then going to the luxury retail side for Godiva for a couple of years. And a lot of the same synergies that I had done on my previous career paths, which was bringing, you know, modern technology to concepts that may have been old and or, you know, not up to up to par and really tweaking it so it can be more relevant. And then more recently landed here at CKE and picked up the family and moved to good old Nashville, Tennessee, where... We have some great aspirations to be best in class when it comes to QSR. And again, taking a lot of the different backgrounds I've done through my different career paths and really applying that to this QSR industry that may have seen things that never been done before. I'm curious that taking a step out of the restaurant industry over to Godiva, uh, how did that feel? Did you feel right stepping out of the restaurant <laughs> industry? You, you know, like it's, it's funny you ask that because yes, at the time, it's a good Iva. It was a worldwide brand and an amazing history with a great lineage and, and really an amazing history. It was the right thing at the right time. I thought I was over the restaurant industry, but you know what? It's in your blood. I came back. I really did enjoy the time there with the people. I really did enjoy the concept and the great things we had done technology around the world, quite frankly, not just here domestically, but the beckoning call back to the hospitality industry and those folks that have known me for a long time realized that it was in my blood. It, this is just uh, a people person industry. And I have so many friends and peers. I had to come back. I, I, as I, somebody said, you came out of retirement. I'm like, well, not really, but it sometimes feels like it. <laughs> well, that you just, I just hit a major point there. Our industry is so well connected. We all know each other. I mean, we, yeah. there's not a convention you go to where you don't know three quarters of the people in the room and we can tell war stories together. We can share IT information. Nothing's ever ever seems proprietary. We're all we're all trying to solve for the same problems. I swear this is a very strange industry where it feels like a family and people are willing to share. So I get it, and I get why you came back into it. Um, and just so we have, might have a few listeners out there, and we have some hotels that listen as well. Um, CKE owns uh, Carl's Jr. and Hardee's. Are there any other brands in there as well? Yeah, so we have two sister brands that actually live inside Carl's and Hardy's, which is called Red Burrito and Green Burrito. It's a little Mexican spinoff and not a large majority of our concepts, but they're, they're out there in, in hit or miss. A lot of Southern California and some of the, the, the Midwest, I believe, is where most of the, the Red Burritos and Green Burritos are. And again, it's just a, it's a, a brand that we accomplished over the years and acquired into our concepts. Interesting. I did not know that. And of course, CK yeah. is... Um, uh, has a investments by Roar Capital, correct? And they have a very impressive yep. list of restaurants in their portfolio. <laughs> um, you know, I've, Indeed. I, I was just looking at their site the other day, and I forget how involved they are in the restaurant industry. Uh, so you just joined yeah. CKE um, how long ago? Six months? Not even under ninety days. All right, so you're you're so, you're still drinking from a fire hose I'm, over there. I'm drinking from a fire hose, but I love every single second of it. And every drip I can take, and I will. It's Again, it's as I said a second ago, it's in my blood. And to me, this isn't a job. This is just a passion, 100%. So you relocated up to Tennessee? I 
picked up my wife and the kids and got out of the Northeast and moved to Nashville, Tennessee for this opportunity. Wow. How you I'm looking like- my way back to California as somebody's told me. <laughs> <laughs> How you liking it there in Tennessee? I love it. I mean, it's, uh, it's great. We ironically have family here too. So that's a, was a big kicker in the decision. Um, but Nashville is just a different pace coming from Southern California originally and born and raised and then moving to, um, you know, the Northeast, just two different paces. And then coming here is a completely different pace. It really is an amazing state in the, in the locale. Life's got to be a tad bit slower there in Tennessee compared to those other two areas you've lived in. My goodness. <laughs> Absolutely. But, you know, with the, the, the beauty of modern technology, it's only a phone call and a Zoom call away. <laughs> That's very true. Well, Phil, today I like to talk about drive-through technology. Um, obviously your restaurants are completely geared for drive-through technology have been for years and there's been so much talk about drive-throughs over these past few months, um, in the restaurant world. And one of the reasons why it's come to light is as they started to analyze companies during COVID, the companies that really were profitable, not just surviving, but profitable during COVID were ones with drive-throughs. Of course, You know, a lot of other restaurants that never had drive-thrus before, including Four Rivers, uh, we we also explored the territory and we did whatever we could to serve our guests. But we also realized, hey, you know what? There's there's a real revenue stream here that people want that we never realized they wanted before. So I think there's starting to be more and more attention as you start to see that in the news. I got to ask you, drive-thru is really nothing new to CKE. What changes have you made uh, during COVID, if any, and uh, what kind of changes are you looking to make in the future? So you're right. Drive-throughs have been around, and there's a lot of different concepts. Even my own, you know, predecessor, even Shake Shack's looking at drive-through. Other fast casuals are as well because they see, you know, that evolution come back around. Drive-throughs have been around for the longest time, and we all know the different folks that do it well, and those that don't do it well quite frankly. And some of the things we're really working on over the COVID is really about the hospitality side of it or the guest guest experience in order to be the most efficient through the drive-thrus themselves. You know, how do we get food out, quality food out, hot food out in an expedited, in an exponential manner so it can exceed the consumer experience? That's the number one catalyst through our drive-thrus that we've actually, we pioneered is the best way to say it during COVID. And then coming out of COVID, we've seen a lot of other opportunities like, like a lot of restaurants that have had to adapt and adjust, you know, on a dime, quite frankly, with curbside, right, for instance, or online ordering or through delivery mechanisms. There's a variety of different levers or pulls we can actually do with our, with our drive-thru mechanisms. Well, you know, another thing I'm seeing right now, too, is the uh, – you're seeing all this news about the restaurants of the future, and as you're yep. looking at not just QSRs, but also some fast casuals, they're looking at what does the restaurant of the future look like? And almost single, single one of them, they are striving hard to rebuild the strategy, even the conventional thought process of what a drive through we envision today mm-hmm. using double lanes, using technology. I, I'm seeing a huge inva- advancement in technology initiatives um, around the drive-through concept. Can you maybe share some of those uh, things that you've seen out there as far as innovation? Yeah, I mean, you hit it on the nose. Two drive-through lanes, you know, conveyor belts to deliver food out to a tertiary one, drive-through lanes that are specifically for mobile ordering, um, even hybrid ones where the kitchen's on top of the drive-through and not, you know, 
to the side of it. I think technology, your point, actually has become a catalyst for that change because all the cards are on the table. Everything is possible now through leveraging technology, whether it be you know, camera-based systems that can track cars when they get onto a premise and direct them to the, the, the most efficient line, whether it is a walk-up, a curbside, a stall, a drive-through, or even some you know, more ancillary ones, just for speed of service timers and really, really to accurately depict what the orders might be. And then more recently, even you know, the order confirmation boards and the drive-through menu boards leveraging AI to really personalize your experience. I mean, this is stuff that is amazing for our industry. And there's a lot of the tech heads out there that are coming up with it to really expand upon what is possible for our, for our consumers and our guests. And a lot of this might even come from other industries that are just finally coming to light for the restaurant and hospitality industry, which is so spectacular for guys like us that live and breathe this. It just really, it really opens up so many different doors and avenues of opportunity. Let's take a step back. Let's, let's think about the listener right now that uh, has a restaurant. They do not have a drive-through, but they really realize that they could benefit from a drive-through. So all the way back to the basics, and I know this is just like second nature to you, but what does one need to think about if they are going to open up this new revenue stream? What, what do they need to have in place? Because I know there's a simple way to approach a drive-through. You know, if, if ops and um, other C-level people in the room are making the decision to do a drive-through, they're probably not thinking about technology. But what are the elements that, are, that need to be considered to, to make this successful? I mean, I think, I think it comes down first and foremost to order accuracy. And it also comes down to the board. So you think when you pull in through a drive-through, it's how long is a person going to wait at that board before you actually acknowledge them. So it's having, it's having proper headsets. It's probably having different technologies, call it, call it a doorbell for lack of a better term, that announces that somebody is there and ready to take the order. It's as simplistic as ordering a order confirmation board that so somebody can see what they're actually ordering when they speak into a, a speaker box. And the other side, somebody's actually ringing it incorrectly to the point of sale system. At the same point, it's also the point of sale system that can do basic transactions, but also upsells, combos. All of these different marketing mechanisms need to be in place as well to help the consumer experience and then maximize that drive-through opportunity. And then when they get to the window, after they've placed their order, you know, integrated payment, contactless payments in order to get them out and fast, but also then it goes back to order accuracy. The opportunity to make it right before they leave is crucial. And again, it goes back to the point of sale systems and the chips or the KDS systems to ensure that everything's in the bag properly. It's all these little ancillary systems that add up to an exceptional experience. And I think order accuracy goes back to not just drive through. I, I know a lot of restaurants struggle with that, you know, from, uh, you know, just, just from their off premise uh, perspective, a lot of returns, a lot Uber. of complaints on, on Uber's DoorDash. I mean, that, that can kill you in, in your social media profile if you can't get the food right. So obviously when you're doing the drive through, yeah. it's a much more expedited experience. It's the, you know, how fast can you move these people through? So obviously not only do you have to have the efficiencies in place, but you have to have um, checkpoints and quality control to make sure that that order is accurate. Now, talk about those checkpoints, accuracy, efficiencies. How does one measure for efficiencies? What KPIs should a restaurant put in place to monitor to, to really determine how well they are doing from the drive through perspective? Sure. I think it's a couple of different mechanisms. I think first and foremost, you hit it on the, you hit it on the nose. 
It's the marketing engines that allow for consumer feedback, both positive and negative. You can make it as frictionless as possible, whether it be on the back of the receipt or through a digital mechanism, whether it be through an app or a text or some way they can actually give you feedback in a real-time fashion so you can action on it. I think that's a good KPI. That gives you a benchmark. I think there's also systems in place that actually tell you you know, simple clock counters that tell you how long people are sitting at windows or if they're being redirected to stalls and foods coming out after the fact. Additionally, there's actual internal KPIs of how long it takes for cook times for products, what are make times for drinks. And then even more importantly, which I think a lot of people really overlook, which is really kind of outside the technology play, is the packaging. How well is food going to carry? How long is food going to hold? Right? How long is food going to just travel in a car? doesn't spill over and get you wet. <laughs> I mean, there's all these different facets. And, you know, the KPI as well is also when you do private shoppers or you do secret shoppers, really is this feedback, but not only on the consumer side, but also your employees, I think is a big KPI factor as well. Are they smiling? Are they having a good time? We all love Chick-fil-A. We think Chick-fil-A does an amazing job from the experience factor and their KPIs are, you know, best in class because they look at not just the drive through but they look at the experience from the consumer standpoint and the employee standpoint, all different KPI metrics throughout the organization and the business. And if you look at at some of the industry standards, when we all think Chick-fil-A is probably the gold standard as far as they've, they've really figured out drive-through, but they, they don't have the fastest drive-through time, you know, but they, they keep you, they keep you paced along. They keep you engaged until you get your food. And you know what? We've analyzed um, the Chick-fil-A model and it comes down to simplicity. They have those double lines, but you know, sometimes as technologists or even as, as um, decision makers and thinkers of the company, we try to overcomplicate things. They really took a step back and made everything simple. And I think that's part of their success. Now they do like this advanced line busting where they've, you know, they got multiple lines, they got multiple people. Um, What are some other techniques that a, drive-through can do today to help with the line-busting aspect and help increase the flow for the guest? You know, the line-busting, I think, is it, it doesn't work in every single market because there's just some weather components that might be outside that we typically don't understand. I think also, or again, it goes back to order accuracy as well as a way that different orders can inject into your systems, including the, you know, the old peripheral I'm here option, or which way do you actually want to interact through a drive-through, right? Could it be you actually potentially could pay at a, at a board? before we ever get to a window. Um, or it's just, it could be as simplistic as, you know, line communication with directional advertising on how to actually get to the line quicker. I think the component that you bring up, well, they bring the two lines down into one. They've increased their operational efficiency, quite frankly, because they've really understood how to stack the cars to ensure that the car is getting the right order. And it goes back to, you know, order accuracy and, and exceptional experience. Actually, you just mentioned the efficiency piece, and it made me think of as well. Didn't I see CKE listed in one of the technology magazines in regards to their rating the times and the efficiencies of different um, QSRs? Weren't you guys on that list? We were. We've actually increased our metrics year over year. Um, again, I, I'm relatively new. There's a lot of things and a lot of work that the great leadership of CKE for both brands, Carl's and Hardy's, have done to make that you know, a benchmark. We have uh, a balanced scorecard inside of our organization that's used for corporate restaurants and franchisee restaurants that really are those benchmarks in order to get better marks for our concepts and our brands to experience for our guests to get a better experience. And we take it very seriously because there's a lot of places to go to go get a burger. There's a lot of places to go get an experience and we're all fighting for that mighty dollar of our consumer. We have to do it better. We have to do it 
you know, faster and to be more efficient about it to give that experience. Now, a few minutes ago, you mentioned something about curbside ordering pickup. You guys are doing that as well, where uh, somebody can place an order ahead of time and pull up to curbside and say, I'm here and pick up the order. Or is that something you're looking at doing? That's something we're looking at doing. One of the unique opportunities here at CKE is that we haven't we haven't caught up with a lot of the technologies that our competitors have done. Um, we actually have a unique opportunity to rewrite the book or come late to the game, but also then become first to win the game by doing it late. So we don't, we're in the current couple pilots with a couple different providers of that exact thing, app ordering, online ordering, curbside ordering, uh, delivery integration, the whole gamut that a lot of our competitors are doing. We're currently in that stage right now. We're just going to roll out nationwide, but eventually we'll get there. We'll including, you know, rewards and loyalty and really integrated, you know, marketing campaigns through uh, digital ecosystems. And I guess that plays into your uh, your whole digital roadmap for the future. You're, you guys are just trying to iron it out, get the foundation in place, so you guys can be extremely successful in that area. Um, from the curbside and, and pickup option, are you looking at using technologies like uh, geolocation services or beacons or anything like that? Is that part of your testing plan? Absolutely. I think that, again, it exceeds the consumer experience. If we can use geolocation so we can target when you're here, right, and properly cut down the time between order and delivery of the product to you as the consumer is key. Beacons are amazing. There's been some great studies out there to do it it well. Also, looking at artificial intelligence with regards to boards or other upsells is we're looking at, too. I think you hit on the nose, Skip, quite frankly. We have to get our foundation right because you can't build a house without a proper foundation. So it's a lot of the legwork that the team already had started doing, and we're just finishing that off with point-of-sale standardization, next-gen connectivity in the restaurants, and so forth. Because when we get that done, the rest of the walls can go up, the roof can go up, the paint can go on the house, and it can be completed. This is going to be a strange question that you think I'm asking, but there's restaurants out there that want to do drive throughs I'm a strange guy. You've figured that out by now. There's a lot of restaurants out there <laughs> that want to get in this revenue stream of drive through but not every restaurant concept is conducive to drive through What would your advice be to someone that's maybe considering it, but they, they probably shouldn't be doing it? Is there any differentiating factors there for somebody to be successful? I think really it comes back to, I, I, I keep harping on quality. It comes back to your product you're trying to sell. Some product just cannot be made fast and cannot be executed in that kind of fashion from a drive through standpoint. Um, I think there are some concepts that are sit down now and fast casual. They could do it. They might need to offer a different menu set through a drive through because some of the products, again, I couldn't get a bowl of soup, you know, and try to eat it while I'm driving my car. It might be a terrible car ride down the freeway. But if there's other concepts that could do it, I think like hot chicken concepts could do it. Right. We've seen it. We've seen pizza places do it. Obviously, there's a variety of different uh, components out there. I think really it's looking inside yourself and figuring out what product can I get out in an expedited fashion that meets my quality standards as an owner operator? And there's those that the sandwich category have proven they can do it regardless what's on top of that sandwich or not, as well as some other ones. I'm not going to put a beef Wellington through a QSR. I might be there for now. <laughs> That's a different discussion. Exactly. All right. I want to know a little bit more about Phil. Phil, what habits has helped make you more successful? Oh, wow. Now you're going to go deep in spiritual army, aren't you? I know. I didn't prep you for this at all. (laughs) No, you didn't. It's all right. So, so honestly, um, 
really it's, it's, it's the mind, body, soul balance. I've really gotten myself into spiritually. Um, I know that sounds, you know, all hokey pokey and stuff, but really taking care of myself, working out, eating healthy, acupuncture, cupping, meditation really has helped me become a balanced person and a balanced professional. But at the same time, just like interacting, like we talked, started the conversation, Skip, it's you and I interacting, it's interacting with my peers, it's keeping up to date on what's trending and going on, not only in our industry, but outside of our industry, but also in just technology in general, really kind of makes it who I am, which is also why it's a passion. This has never been a job for me when I, when I mix hospitality and restaurants and technology. I just love it. I mean, that's kind of what brings my chi together and brings me the, the full 360. It's just how my energy lives. And my wife, love her to death. Um, she is probably the, the number one catalyst that makes me who I am, quite frankly, because my success, you know, is she continues to drive me to be a better person, both, you know, as a family man, but also as a professional, because she understands that my passion can be, ex- you know, extended among others that may not have it or may have it just in how to express it. Well, you and I share a, a same concept there because my wife is my stronghold as well. So I get where you're coming from. All right, we're going to end this out with a little yeah. bit of fun. I, this is a section I called okay. This or Dat, the holiday edition. Okay, so I want you to give okay. me the first answer that comes to your mind. Work oh, ho- uh, Here we go. Here, here we go. Work holiday parties, fun or awkward? Awkward. Best stocking stuffer ever? Bottle of bourbon. <laughs> I'm with you on that too. <laughs> Are you good at wrapping presents? Absolutely not. 100% terrible. As, as a kid, I used to like put stuff in brown paper bags and staple it and give it to people. So I hear you there. Snow, uh, snow, love it or hate it? Love it. I'm an avid snowboarder. I love it. Great. And last but not least, and what everybody wants to know, do you own an ugly Christmas sweater? I do. And my ugly Christmas sweater is Star Wars related because those that really know me and know I'm a Star Wars geek at heart. All right. Well, that can't be ugly then. That's just cool. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, no. This, 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 one, this one's pretty ugly. It's up there. It's like, it's pretty bad. I'll but, send you a picture of it. <laughs> send me a picture. I'll put it on the show notes so everybody else can take a look at it. <laughs> there you go. Phil, thank you so much. It was great chatting with you today. And thank you so much for providing your insight on drive-through technology and strategy. And I truly wish you have a very happy holidays and I wish you all the success over there at CKE. You too. I appreciate you having me on this. It's, it's always a privilege to share insights and give back to our industry that's given me so much. So I appreciate you involving me. Phil is such a kind and thoughtful guy. And by the way, I will post a picture of his ugly sweater in the show notes, so you must go check it out. Quite honestly, I think it's pretty cool. But then again, I'm a nerd at heart as well. Speaking of show notes, all you need to do is visit skipkimple.com. And if you have any questions for me or my guests, please feel free to reach out to me on social media. You can find me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and of course, LinkedIn. Next week, I have two very special friends on the show, 
Abby Lorden, Vice President and Publisher of Hospitality Technology and co-founder of Restaurant Technology Network, along with Angela Diffley, who is also the co-founder of the Restaurant Technology Network. We will be talking about the partnership the Hospitality Technology and Tech Chef created a few months ago and what this means for you, the listeners. We will also dig deep into all the great resources the Hospitality Network and Restaurant Technology Network has for you to leverage in your professional capacity. If you have not been part of the RTN or you just want to learn more about what is available and what is coming up in the near future, this is the episode for you to turn into. Well, there's that music again, which is my cue for me to sign off for this week. So until next Tuesday, stay safe, stay healthy, and stay hungry, my friends. 